One overall super person is our special guest, Kechi Okuchi. Welcome to Saving America, and this is your host, Dr. David D. Shine. Kechi Okuchi is an amazing person who's had an amazing life in such a short period of time. One of only two survivors out of a 109 passengers in a plane crash in her native Nigeria when she was a child. She has survived numerous surgeries and blossomed into the fascinating person that she is today. In my position at the Cameron School of Business at the University of St. Thomas in Houston, I've had the good fortune to know her as an outstanding student. Of course, she also disappeared from our student ranks during her studies since she was a finalist on the first season of America's Got Talent. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Among so much more to say about her, she is the author of a new book, More Than My Scars. We welcome Ketchy for her first appearance on Saving America. Hey, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on Saving America. Dr. Shine, it's always good to see you. I'll be seeing more of you apparently this uh, fall semester, but um, right. thank you so much for having me. Well, it's, it's just a delight to, to see you again because I haven't seen you in a while and yeah. to get a chance to have you uh, interviewed on Saving America. So right up front, at what point did you realize you could sing and how did you get to the point of being on television? So honestly, I've always loved singing growing up as a child, um, but my voice was nothing like it is now um, before the accident. My voice actually changed significantly after the accident. Um, we don't really know why. Medically, it's hard to say, but it was just one of those things where my mom and I and my family, everyone was just like, we'll just take this as one good thing that came out of this horrible tragedy and just kind of ran with it. And it just, it was just this hobby, you know, um, it's always been a, a loved hobby. After the accident, it became even more of one and um, music started to become this escape for me and healed parts of me that like surgery and physical, you know, um, training and stuff could not heal. So um, it wasn't really ever going to be anything more than a hobby um, until, I joined my church worship team. And then a year after that, um, America's Got Talent kind of came into my life through one of my best friends who signed me up for the show without telling me. And that's basically how I ended up on the show. And now I'm using my voice for many more things other than you know just singing to myself and my family. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much the history of my singing. And was the, was the, I know it's an audition system. Were you auditioned here in Houston or someplace else? So they do have that. The first level of auditions is usually what rather the first stage is usually like in-person open house auditions, but I didn't make it to any of those. Again, you know, I was not interested in being on a show like that because I didn't feel like my voice was anything. I, I felt like I had a good voice. It was nice, but I didn't think it was anything that I would compete with. Like I felt like there were too many people out there who had voices just as good. So I didn't feel like I had, I stood a chance. So I would never have gone to a physical audition myself and so the time for that passed. And so my best friend, she signed me up through the online audition where you fill out a form and attach a video and like um, talk about yourself a little bit. She did everything and um, kind of sent it um, to them in that, in that way. So it wasn't a physical audition. It was like an online kind of thing, application thing. 
So sometimes it helps to have a friend pushing you from behind a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, without her push, I definitely would not be here today. That's for sure. So really yeah. fascinating. And uh, so, okay. It, we're just friends here. Tell us about Simon Cowell. <laughs> Simon, I mean, obviously we know he has a reputation. You know, he's this uh, very frank, um, just a, uh, blunt man who just speaks his mind and says what he feels whether it hurts your feelings or not he'll tell you you know the truth you know um, about your talent what he thinks about your talent anyway and so you know i went in there expecting to meet that simon you know because i try to prepare myself for that simon but i never got that simon personally you know i got a very nice encouraging sweet simon that was extremely supportive of me and I felt like when we first, when he saw me, he just took a liking to me and wanted to kind of root for me. And um, I think that was just like the vibe that I got from him. I'm not saying he wasn't his usual self on the show to other people, <laughs> but um, luckily that energy was never directed at me. And I have to say that was extremely relieving because having someone like him in your corner is extremely validating and definitely helps you kind of feel a little more confident in what you have to bring to the table. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my story on Simon. He, I got the nice Simon for sure, but like I saw that not everyone got that Simon. So I was just happy, you know, I wasn't the one who got the, you know, the other version of him. So, <laughs> but yeah, that version of him is still out there, very alive and well and kicking. So, well, to to ask her question number three and we usually ask three we're going to ask you four today okay um i am a, a big fan of working to control and reduce bullying mm. in in the workplace and in school mm -hmm. and I, I i read that you are also an advocate for for prevention of bullying mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your efforts in that area so um bullying prevention is something that um resonates very deeply with me, not because of what I experienced with bullying, but because of what my little sister experienced when we first moved to America. Um, she had a very hard time adjusting and adapting and um, the people around her did not make it easy for her. And I had to witness that, you know, and uh, put out a lot of fires along with my parents and just try to help her not to internalize any of the stuff that she was hearing about herself or how she was being treated. And thank God, you know, um, what we try to teach her stuck rather than what the bullies did to her because she blossomed into a very confident and self-assured young lady and is that has been that way ever since but that experience that i had observing and protecting her during that time when things were really rough for her made me realize that i would want to be a part of something that would help prevent other kids from going through something like that as much as possible anyway and then there's also also the layer of um there's layer added to my situation where I didn't experience bullying um, as a burn survivor, particularly like specifically, but I was aware that a lot of burn survivors do go through bullying simply because of how different that they look. And so those two things kind of came together and made me have this drive to use whatever platform I end up ever having to um, at least in some way, use it in some way to promote bullying prevention. So how do I do this? I work with a bunch of different organizations. One of the most prominent ones would be one called Be Strong. They are um, a student-led um, bullying prevention organization. And I think that's what stuck to me the most, which is why I work with them the most. I love the fact that 
they are student, they're not student run, but student led. So they have a lot of events and they have a lot of uh, platforms that they allow their students, like their participants who are their members who are students to kind of take charge of um, speaking out against bullying and um, talking about prevention of bullying. So they are using the demographic that goes through that the most, you know, to speak out against that, you know, speak out against bullying. And I think that's a very effective way to do it because kids are more likely to listen to each other, you know, so um, that's why I work with them the most. And so what we try to do and what I try to do, however I can, is to kind of teach three very important things. Number one is self-love. I think that everything stems from how you feel about yourself. In other words, the more you accept yourself, the more you accept your flaws, everything about you, good and bad, it makes it harder for someone else to make you feel bad about those things. So this is something I can speak about from experience. I know that being the way that I am has a lot to do with me being authentic and presenting that authentic self to the world as much as possible. And I feel like people need to learn more about how to do that as early as possible because it helps you combat bullying because no one can make you feel bad about yourself if you've accepted yourself. So that's the first step to me. And I try to show that in my social media, in everything that I put out there on the internet. Second thing is cyberbullying. Another thing I experienced on AGT. And I try to teach people you know, how to just deal with that which is, at least for me, was either ignore or block. And then if it gets too bad, report, but never engage. Engaging is the last thing you want to do because it gives these people's ego the attention that they do not deserve. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that I try to teach. And then the last one is accepting your flaws. I think that a lot of people have it have a lot of difficulty in doing that. And that's why bullies latch on and use that thing you feel bad about to make you feel bad. But when you accept that thing, a lot of times those things that make you unique can become your superpower. And for me, that's what my burns have done. They've given me this avenue to kind of um, this uniqueness that allows me to kind of, um, I draw strength from it and it allows me to put out this message that I put out into the world. So, you know, I try to teach people that their unique thing, the thing that makes them different can end up actually being their superpower in this life and can give birth to their purpose. So I think those are the ways really I try to do what I can to prevent bullying and to teach people about it. And also not to be a bystander if you see it happening, learn how to speak out because a lot of times it makes it worse when you just keep quiet and walk away when someone is going through something. So yeah, that's in a nutshell, I think that's really what I try to do. <laughs> well, fantastic. Yeah, I um, attended Catholic school, kindergarten through eighth grade and um, the, the nuns were not very sensitive to the issue of bullying. I was uh, bullied a lot from like second grade to fifth, sixth grade. And um, what helped me was to really focus on my academics is to mm. you know, ignore the bullying. And uh, you know, I became an exceptional student mm. and, and I moved into an entirely different social group. And you know, frankly, the rest of my academic career, I hung out with the smart kids and, and, it, and it helped a lot. But yeah, yeah. Really going in that, I, I mean, even, you know, many, many years later for me, it, it's, it, it was a very difficult time in my life. So I, I certainly can relate to it. Mm -hmm. And also there's some growing concern that this may be feeding uh, some of the mass violence that we're experiencing in America. That's very true. That, that many of the people who are the, uh, the perpetrators uh, have been bullied. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you know, maybe we can all be nicer and focus on, uh, you know, if you see something, do something about it. Don't just watch people. Don't be a bystander. Yeah. yeah. So very, very cool. 
Ketchy, I, I added a fourth question for you because okay. there's so much to do. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about your new book, More Than My Scars. So More Than My Scars is a book that I wrote um, last year. And um, essentially, this book is pretty much my life story so far, but in much more detail than I've ever discussed in like out loud. Mm -hmm. And it focuses mainly on the parts of my life after the accident where I learned the most important lessons that helped me kind of become the person I am today. And most of those lessons were learned while I was in South Africa, which is where I was first treated before I moved to America. Those first seven months after the accident were the most important, most significant moments in my life. Not only because that was where my life was literally hanging in the balance, you know, and we weren't sure if I would make it or not, but because during that time, I learned a lot of like important like theories and I gained a lot of new perspectives that um, basically formed my foundation and helped me kind of make sense of certain things like identity and faith and uh, how to how to kind of uh, overcome and deal with tragedy and uh, how to what place to put my my injuries and my scars what what place to put them what importance level to to um, give them in my life with respect to the rest of the society because eventually I would have to leave the hospital and face a world that is extremely judgmental and does not treat different very nicely. So I would have to decide what you know my scars would mean to me when going back out there. And so I think during those seven months, I learned the most important lessons and I try to kind of, that's what I try to share in the book in the hopes that at least one person reading it would feel like maybe they gained something from it but ultimately, I want people who've gone through trauma to feel seen. I want people who've gone through anything that has made them kind of um, stagnate, I guess, in their growth to feel seen. And it doesn't have to be a physical, obvious trauma. We all have invisible scars, invisible trauma that are just as valid. And I wanted to validate all those kinds of trauma to anyone who reads and to let them know that they are seen and their feelings are valid and that there are ways to get over this kind of trauma. There is life to look forward to after trauma. And I wanted my life to be an example of that. So that's why I wrote the book and um, shared all the nitty gritty stuff about my, my story, not just the nice sounding things, like, you know, how she grew, she's confident, she's this, she's that, but like the, like the, the difficult stuff that I had to overcome to become this person today, you know? So I think we can all relate to that anyway, even if we can't all relate to a plane crash, but that's what I wanted to share. And um, so far, I think the response has been extremely heartfelt and very um, relieving. You know, it makes me feel like I, I did the right thing by writing it. So yeah, that's what my book is about. Outstanding. How can our audience get more information about you? So you can find me on pretty much any social media platform. I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook, Twitter. I'm on TikTok. I'm on LinkedIn. Just type in my name, Ketchy, and um, you will find me like that. Just type in Ketchy or Ketchy Official. I'm also, um, I also have a website, KetchyOfficial.com, where all everything I just talked about, where it's all there, like all my social media platforms. So you can literally just go to my website and and find everything else. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, that's that's where you can find me and information about my book as well and my music. Yeah, it's all there. Catch you Fantastic. <laughs> well, this is Dr. David D. Shine for Saving America. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us. And please, if you've enjoyed this episode, 
subscribe to Saving America on your favorite platform.